Welcome to the Audience Converter Podcast, the podcast for converting your audience from strangers to loyal fans. We dive deep and discuss how entrepreneurs, consultants, and coaches can level up their business to help more people in the world. Now here's your host, the creator of the Audience Conversion Method, Kimberly Whitecamp. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Audience Converter Podcast. I'm Kimberly Whitecamp, your host, conversion copywriter, and marketing strategist. Today, I have a very special guest, and I'm really excited to talk to her about all the wonderful work she does. So I'm going to introduce you to Satoya Jones, reigning Ms. Massachusetts 2019, uh, American Woman of Service, is a diversity and inclusion consultant, social systems educator and entrepreneur, motivational speaker, budding podcast host, philosopher, and model. In addition to being a founder and CEO of Ordinary by Influence, she is a founder and CEO of Abre Dance Therapy Fitness, and the First Lady of Poverty TV, all created to holistically support women of ethnic descent and other underserved communities in their journey to escaping poverty, as well as wealth and community building. From mindset and lifestyle transformation to career development and resume writing to building a savings plan, budget plan, or investment portfolio, the First Ladies of Poverty Foundation aims to be a one-stop shop resource, hub, and service provider for the pursuit of a high quality of living, stability, and wealth building. And today, we're going to be talking about a really important mindfulness and mindset topic to, to help people uh, figure out how to build that business and build that wealth so that you can... Uh, enter the life that you're really looking forward to. So, Satoya, uh, thank you uh, for coming and joining us, and, and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. That was a very – you make me think I should probably review my introduction because that was <laughs> kind of long, but I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm excited to talk with you today. So one of the things that you really focus on uh, in your work is, you know, changing the mindset of business people uh, and changing uh, mindset just so that you have the right tools to move forward and grow your business the right way. So can you tell me a little bit uh, about how you got started and how you had this idea uh, for the foundation in the first place? And then we'll, we'll go on from there. Yes, so I'll try to make this brief. Growing up in poverty um, in Louisiana, I know people say this a lot, but I mean like real poverty with the crime. Um, you see people every day just like smoking or on drugs or maybe, um, you know, just not the best at managing their money and they're spending on other things rather than what they need. And also that's a mindset thing too. So growing up, I knew I didn't want it. I didn't want that for myself. I didn't want that for my future or my future children. Um, and growing up in the household that I grew up in, I found that education was my takeaway out, or at least that's what I believed. And that's what I used to get out. And that's why I'm here in Massachusetts today. So I always knew growing up that I was good at managing money. I started my own business selling snacks that no one ate out of the house um, to my classmates. I started charging a quarter a day for those who couldn't pay. And I realized that was actually how credit works. I didn't know that then, but I know that now. And so entrepreneurship has always been my thing. Helping other people has always been my thing. And learning how to do all of that and incorporate my skills and talents so that it doesn't feel like work has always been my passion. And it first started with Born to Be Unique Consulting, um, where I just gave advice and I tutored my classmates and my peers. Then it went to Ordinary Influence, and I started doing some podcasting work with that. And then I rebranded to Ordinary Influence Diversity and Inclusion Consulting, and then working with the women at Ethnic Descent and Allies to um, help them develop personally, professionally, in their leadership, stability and wealth building, that's now what I do. And it incorporates everything I wanted to do as a child, 
but under one umbrella. Wow, that's quite the impressive body of businesses you've built from the age of eight up. I like yes. that, uh, you know, understanding how credit works and and doing, uh, you know, something that nobody else wants, figuring out that there's a market for that with the snacks. That's, that's really interesting. Um, so talk to me about, you know, you mentioned so many really great and wonderful things there, and there's just too many topics to cover. So why yeah. don't we focus... <laughs> I know. My right? life is extensive, believe it or not. So you did this rebrand and doing all of the, you know, all of the things that you really love to do and making it so it's not work. I think that's a really key part to being an entrepreneur is not only finding your passion, but finding ways to make it so that it's not uh, a kind of uh, perceived in our minds necessarily as work. So can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yes. So... <laughs> Going back into my extensive line of work, just doing babysitting, um, kind of helping raise other people's children, like that felt like work to me. And I knew whatever job I took on, I couldn't be fully engaged. So this is a personal thing. Not everyone's like this. Some people don't have to like that work to get it done. For me, I realized growing up in all the jobs that I've taken on that I really can't I can't stay in it for too long if I don't enjoy it. And I want to produce the most quality work that I can. I want to have the best image of myself out there. When people see me, they know what they're getting in terms of professionalism or whatever it is I'll be doing with you, collaboration, partnership. And so if I didn't love the work, I personally could not give my best. I wouldn't be at my best. I wouldn't feel my best. And so I knew that jobs are scarce. And if I want to make a living, I would either have to just get a job and just do it because I needed the money, or I would have to go on the route of entrepreneurship and just take that risk so I can be able to do what I love. Um, despite having to put in more hours, I mean, I'm doing what I love, so it never feels like work anyway. Absolutely. You know, one of the things a lot of people, uh, they get drawn in, right? With all of the ads on the internet. Oh, uh, you know, make six figures in your sleep yep. and relax on the beach. Uh, <laughs> but it, yeah, mm -hmm. but it takes a really long time and a lot of really hard work to get there. Uh, yeah. but you know, when you, when it's something you're so passionate about, it's a lot easier for you to get up every day and be like, yes, I'm excited to get started with this. Now, before we, before we hit record here, we talked a little bit about one big thing that holds people back from entering that entrepreneur lifestyle and from being able to really grow the business that they're wanting. So let, let's talk a little bit about what is one thing uh, you find with the people you work with uh, that has really held them back from, from reaching and achieving their goals? Yeah, so I actually had this conversation with one of my um, community members in my live Facebook group, and they said pride. So one of the things they were talking about, well, first they said society. They were like, but it leads to pride. So they said society um, says that, you know, working mothers shouldn't be asking for help or there's a stigma around working mothers asking for help. And so could you please help me um, by sending interviews of people who are living in poverty to kind of encourage me to get out there and do what I need to do to escape poverty? In my mind, there was so much wrong with that because first, if being in poverty isn't enough to make you want to escape it or to even search for the information yourself and you're waiting on someone to give it to you, that's an issue. And the second part, pride in itself, if you're going to let society who's not helping you better your life, helping you pay your bills, helping you escape poverty, which is what you want to do, then why are you allowing society to have such an influence and power over your life and the decisions you're making for to better yourself in the future of your loved ones? 
So when it comes to pride in our relationship to society or workplace, family members, whatever it may be, I think we allow that pride or those relationships, that feeling attached to those relationships stop us from getting to where we need to be in life. And I think a lot of times in our mindset transformation, we have to realize in order to move forward, change has to happen. And sometimes we need to change not only what we do, but who is around us while we do it. I think that's a really powerful uh, phrase that you just said, not only what you do, but who's around you when you do it. It can be really difficult to, to step away from the circle of people we already have around us, but you know, you need that support. And when uh, you're, you know, going out and doing this really scary thing, becoming an entrepreneur, uh, starting your own business, you need the support of the people around you. And when you are constantly hearing, that's something you shouldn't be doing. Or I, you know, when are you going to get a, my my favorite phrase people ask me is, you know, when are you going to get a real job? Oh Uh, gosh. (laughs) Because, you know, of course, uh, making enough money for a living, paying all of your bills and, uh, you know, being able to put stuff in savings, that's not a real job because I don't report to a boss. Uh, So how, how, how do you think people can kind of recognize when they're in that place where they're letting pride hold them back and what can they do to start changing that mindset? It's honestly, there's self work that has to happen, and you have to be authentic and real with yourself because we also hold ourselves, our pride holds ourselves back from being real with ourselves. What are my weaknesses? What are some things that I can actually work on or I'm not really good at? For me, growing up, I tried to be good at everything. Like, I'm like, you will not catch me slipping on anything because I'm going to be perfect. And I was. <laughs> it sounds familiar. That, that was my child. I heard her chuckle in the background. Um, yeah, that was me. And honestly, it worked for a while until I started burning out and I didn't have the motivation to keep going and doing what I was doing. So I would say, be real with yourself, realize you are human. And that is a beautiful thing. And I'm still constantly reminding myself that on the daily and it also humbles you and it opens yourself up to being able to ask for help because you realize okay if I'm not meant to do it all on my own and we're actually meant to help each other and we're meant to collaborate and we're meant to seek assistance from each other that's why we're all here and that's why we all specialize in our own things then it actually makes sense for it to be okay for me to ask for help or to ask for assistance or to ask to collaborate and it makes it even easier when you realize asking for help doesn't have to be one-sided what can I offer the person who I'm asking for help for what are my skills that I can offer in exchange for what I'm asking them for absolutely yeah that's (laughs) like the foundation for, for getting rid of pride and starting that journey. Yeah, that's one of the things that I, I really harp on when talking with my clients about marketing is approaching it from a, a place of help. You know, how can I help you, you being your audience? And it's a great mindset to have as well in business. You know, not only... Um, how can I, you know, how can I work with somebody, but it's not approaching it from what can they give me, but it's approaching it from how can I help them? And then, you know, it, it kind of breeds that con- that uh, environment of cooperation and being able to support each other and collaboration. You know, I was talking with someone the other day and they were saying how I, I hate that there's this mindset around entrepreneurs that you need to crush the competition. Yes. What you need to do is collaborate with others so that everyone can be moved up. Yes. On that note, I had a conversation with someone who I was going to go out for a coffee and tea. We're still on the brink about that because in their mind, as a business person, 
okay, I compare my relationships to business because I was like, if you're in my life, I'm investing in you. But in this individual's mind, right, exactly. But in this individual's mind, they were thinking, okay, so you approach everything like a business and that's cold. Like that's cold hard. I'm like, no, you just assume that all business people do business the same way or the traditional male way, which is cold, logic, practical. But for me, and not just being a woman, but just for me in general, as a social entrepreneur, even the social part definitely sets my foundation and expectations a little differently for a relationship or a business relationship. So I completely agree with that. Yeah, it's really true as well that, you know, there's, it's one of those catch 22s, right? There's such a differentiation between business and personal, but with our online presence being everywhere and all of us always connected, that that line has almost disappeared. And so now you kind of have to decide, do I want business to be separate from who I am? You know, when I first started, uh, I would, you know, I, I I wasn't sure what kind of perception you were supposed to put out there, what kind of impression yeah. you were putting out in the world. So, you know, all I had to go on was like 10th grade English writing resumes. And so that's kind of <laughs> how I wrote my messages, like my emails and my communications with people. And fairly early on, I'm, I'm, I will forever be grateful to this person. They told me at a conference, they met me in person and they said it was such a shock to meet you because <laughs> I thought you were such a different person yeah. by your emails. And then when I met you in person, you were so different. You were, you know, you were outgoing and vivacious and fun to talk with. And I just thought you were kind of dull and standoffish based on your emails. So I immediately started making changes in my business and the way I did things because people at the end of the day, especially when you're buying from an entrepreneur and you're investing in a person, they're investing in you not only what you're doing, but also in who you are. And so you need to be authentic to yourself. Yes, exactly. You pretty much just summed it up. That's exactly what happened with me as well. I started out, I wasn't very business minded and more aggressive than I need to be because I grew up how I grew up and, you know, having to send for myself, et cetera. I brought that in my business world and it actually helped me succeed in like business meetings with higher executives that I knew nothing about and who knew nothing about me and saw only that was African-American, that was young, and that I could possibly be uneducated. Yes. So I'm also on that journey. I'm learning how to be more authentic to myself through my business. And I also grew up with the traditional mindset that business has to be separate from your personal life. And for me, that was also okay because I'm a very private person anyway. So that was fine with me. And then social media came along and changed the game. <laughs> Absolutely. And even though I grew up with social media, um, it was still those times where it was just new and people were just trying to figure it out. And so I didn't pay any much mind to it. I did have an Instagram, but it was just kind of connected with my eldest sister while I was a teenager who left home early. So it was more so for that reason. And then people started coming out with the, like you said before, the courses on building a business with it, et cetera. And I was like, okay, I already have one. So perfect. I'll just put my business on there. But no, people wanted to know, well, how does this relate to you? Or now that you're a business person, are you just trying to get me to buy something and I didn't connect the fact like it took me a long time to connect the fact that I would have to have a personal separate account which I did not want to do because I don't want another social media account (laughs) but with my business it just made sense so I had to think that I want to sacrifice my business just because I didn't want to have an extra social media account or is my business like my child my baby is it so important that I'm going to do what's in its best interest and 
that was pretty much how, you know, I started really diving into the being authentic to myself on one side of the platform, but also showing people how that connects to my business. And it has done wonders for, for just growth and scale and clientele. So I 100% agree with that. Absolutely. It's one of those really hard, hard things for a lot of people. I mean, I, I'm the same way. I, I kind of grew up with social media, but not really. It came out uh, when I was in high school. And yeah. for the most part, you know, I ignored it. I was like, I don't, why, why would I need to like share pictures of my lunch? I agree. Uh, <laughs> I agree. I was like, this is a waste of time. I have better things to do. I'm trying to build a business. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But then, you know, it became such an integral part of a marketing mix. And, you know, I think, uh, let's get back a little bit to talking about when you know you need to ask for help, because yeah. I think that really relates to being authentic to yourself and being authentic to who you are. Are. Because for most of us, you know, if we've got a problem, we're going to go ask a friend for help, right? So why is it that we approach businesses if it's this strange, really weird thing in the in the ether that you have to do absolutely on your own when the majority of us enjoy the best success in life when we have others around us? Yes, I think there's a few things. One thing is the stories, you know, that we see out in the media. You hardly ever, I mean, it's starting to be more so now with like YouTube and the behind the scenes and with celebrities like having their own personals and talking about these things. But outside of that, when we had just Forbes and Entrepreneur and Google to rely on to learn how to build a business, no one really talked about the hardships. No one really talked about all the things you had to go through in order to get to where they are. You All you heard was the overnight success, the get-rich-quick schemes, and for good reason, because it's great marketing, right? Mm -hmm. But we know <laughs> that it's the nitty-gritty behind the scenes. And yes, you'll see me one day dressed up, or maybe all the time you see me dressed up on the outside, but a lot of times I'm just in my oversized sweater with my hair out, no makeup on, working behind the scenes, getting my hands on, getting dirty behind the scenes with my business. But that's not something that you hear all the time in the media and the news. So I think that's the first thing. Absolutely. And I love what you said about, oh, the overnight successes, because uh, there's a quote and I can't remember uh, where I saw it, you know, behind every overnight success is actually like 10 years of work, right? Yeah. Uh, because overnight successes, you know, they don't happen overnight. It takes a lot yeah. of preparation and a lot of, as you said, behind the scenes work for that to happen. And then suddenly the world realizes this person is a success and oh, they're yeah. an overnight success. But really, you yeah. know, they've been doing this for 10 years. Yes. And the media obviously doesn't help with that because it's a great headliner. It like attracts attention and people who crave that, who are looking for success are like, okay, so what is the, what's the answer? And they're looking to media to give that. And I know media, I love media. I am a communications person, but let's be real. Sometimes headliners take the cake instead of just content. Absolutely. It's just, it's just what happens. And so, yes, we get stuck in that and trying to figure out how we get fit in. And then we start thinking we're a failure. And so we don't ask for help because we want to live up to that overnight success title or the self-made title. Recently, Kylie Jenner has gotten into the self-made thing. And that has even been a debate. And so, like, I just think, I just think in asking for help, we want to live up to social expectations, going back to society stopping us from asking for help, or we allowing society to stop us to ask for help. And then also what we believe an entrepreneur should look like, or what we've been taught they should do, or they should look like the fancy shoes rule. Like you're like, you know who is an entrepreneur because they're going to have fancy shoes, things like that. And it stops us from 
actually asking for help because we're like, well, I don't live up to that. Or maybe we don't want to be embarrassed. We don't want to be ashamed. We don't want to be real and authentic with ourselves at the end of the day. Absolutely. Which goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, which is you have to be real and authentic with yourself before you can be real and authentic in your business because you really have to understand and know what who you are, what you stand for, what you're doing before you can put that out into the world. So, uh, and you know, this kind of ties around to, to my next question as well is, you know, if you realize, okay, I, you know, this is not a one man show. It's not a one woman show. I'm yeah. not all alone in the world. Uh, you know, where should you turn, do you think, to find those resources to ask for help? That's a good question. And for everyone, and I think that's why when people ask me what I do, it gets confusing because everything is different for everyone. And when I say I offer like coaching or et cetera, it's, it starts with strategy development. And that's because every circumstance is different. Every person is different. Every personnel is different. Our strengths and weaknesses are different. So I would say start with getting to know yourself first. What is it that you need? What is it that you're good at? Um, what is it that you're wanting to do? And then seek a mentor. I think getting someone to look up to, whether it's Entrepreneur Magazine and looking through and seeing who you could possibly reach out to, or um, getting into communications and media and connecting with the right people and interviewing these people, or um, listening to podcasts like The Audience Converter and going through and trying to find people you can connect to and relate to and then study up on these individuals, what they're doing, what they've done. And not just what's in the media, obviously, but really like learning the stories of these individuals and seeing how one can relate to you and where you can start applying some of these things in your life. And it's not going to be perfect. The journey is never perfect. It's not meant to be, but as long as you're growing and learning, that's the most important part. So at least start researching and <clears throat> try and get a mentor. That's what I say would be the first step. Fantastic. And you know, that probably, uh, I think you've just answered my last question, but usually uh, at the end of the day, I'd like to say, you know, if you want somebody to have one takeaway from this conversation, <laughs> one action item, what would it be? Hmm. Now I have to change it. No. I can't leave it with that. Okay. Hmm. One action step. One action step would be determining what is it you want for your life what do you what does a life that you can get up and be grateful for because life does get hard what is something that you could have in your personal space or in your life that you can come home to or that you can go out to um, every day and then what do you need to attain that so for me to give an example I love being able to come home to a place that's all mine, that's peaceful, that's relaxing, that feels safe and encompassing from the outside world, that's chaotic. And when I have to do work and et cetera, this is my place of sanctuary and fortitude and I look forward to it every day. Or social dancing. I plan nights to go social dancing and I look forward to that every week. So what is something for you that you can look forward to even as you're putting in the work and the hours and you're grinding to, to reach your goals and that will make it easier for you to stay motivated and encouraged to continue doing what you do until you get there. Wow. That's, that's, that's so true. I mean, having that, that one thing, what do you look forward to? Cause so many of us, we kind of get lost in the chaos of building the business yeah. that we kind of forget ourselves or we forget the yeah. reason why we're doing it. So, you know, having that one thing you can look forward to or having that one place to go to at the end of the day, that's really powerful. So uh, if people want to learn more about you and what you do and, and the work that you're doing in the world, uh, how can they get in touch with you? Yes. So I have Instagram. 
um, at La De La Paz or at L-A-D-E-L-A-P-A-Z. And on that account, you can see the links to all my other businesses and you can, <laughs> and you can click those Instagram links and get in touch via either one of those. Or you can email me at thefirstladyofpoverty at gmail.com. The first lady of poverty at gmail.com. Fantastic. And definitely reach out to Shatoya. She's got some really great insights and ideas about how you can go from wherever you are right now to where yes. you want to be and, and a lot of uh, ways to help you uh, achieve that. So Shatoya, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Thank you as well. This was amazing. I love doing these because it reminds me of why I started in the first place. So thank you. Awesome. You've been listening to the Audience Converter podcast, where we were talking today about what does it really take, the right mindset, and the one emotion that's holding you back from building the business you want. Thanks for listening to the Audience Converter podcast. For more information and important links about today's show or for access to our website, visit theaudienceconverter.com. Take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.